The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random True Radio, episode 487, coming to you on Monday, June 12th. We are going to talk about the latest in USC football, including the new schedule for 24 and 23, uh, 24 and 25. See, I don't even know the years anymore. Uh, 2024 and 2025, the Big Ten schedule is out, minus the dates. We know the opponents. Uh, but also the Trojans have added new G5 opponents uh, to future schedules. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a new stadium plan um, for the women's soccer and lacrosse team. Uh, play some uh, Mount Rotmore and so much more, including taking your questions here live on YouTube. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fansite.com. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, and you can follow me on Twitter at MichaelCastFS. I'm joined along with my wonderful co host here in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Lisa Deratol. Hello, everybody. She's Penguin of Troy on Twitter. This is true. Yeah. Big facts. Uh, we are back um, to talk about the schedule and all that stuff. Uh, we had a members-only episode that went up on Friday. Uh, was it Friday? Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it went up on Thursday. So if you are a member, you got to see the to, to see our instant reaction uh, to the Big Ten schedule model being released. Uh, go check that out. It was a fun hour to put together. Uh, we definitely want to do more of those. Um, it was like hanging out with our, with our best buds here on YouTube. It was, uh, it was a, a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, and we, uh, we, we loved, uh, putting it together. So, uh, and if you're not a member, you can join us for four ninety nine a month joining the rot squad. Not only do you get bonus episodes, uh, every month, uh, and members only content here on YouTube, but you get to join uh, the discord and you get to join the discussion over on discord uh, and talk with us there as well. Uh, $4.99 a month here as a member on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube.com, scroll down below a little bit. As it says to uh, to join and become a member, 
Uh, if you're on your phone, I think it's a little bit more tricky. So you might have to do it on a browser, but uh, go do that and join us because uh, those members only episodes are super fun. Yes, uh, very, very fun. We love being able to react to news sort of in the moment. And that's yeah. what that was. And we're more limited with the with these live shows in terms of like we're scheduled for five o'clock to do these things uh, on a Monday or when the season begins to do them on a Wednesday or Thursday, whatever we end up doing for a, for the football season. But uh, being able to jump on and just riff about the breaking news is, is super fun. And we had a really good turnout in the chat and it was just a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, and this will be a good time because this episode, of course, is brought to you by DraftKings and DraftKings upgraded their sign-up offer for a limited time. Uh, just for you guys, if you're a new user, you can receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three simple steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager five bucks on any sports. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive the $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code Reign of Troy. Uh, in DraftKings here on the screen, Reign of Troy, all one word. Uh, when you sign up, the best part is use our code Reign of Troy not only gets you the bonus, but it also helps support the podcast as well. Once again, maximize your first bets by using the code Reign of Troy at DraftKings. The offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states, which means unfortunately not California, but you know, the, the SC fans are all over the place. You guys are, are everywhere. The robots are everywhere. Yeah. When, when you're traveling for a game and you go to a state that is a legal gambling state, uh, you'll be all set. There you go. That's a good idea. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly as always. And uh, check the episode description for the full terms of the offer over at DraftKings. Use the uh, promo code reign of Troy. Um, Alicia, before we get to uh, the news, uh, we wanted to share one little more thing of uh, podcast news. Next week's show is going to be at a new time. One week only, one week only time, 4 p.m. Pacific, because we've got a special guest lined up. Uh, so it, it might be an extra long episode. Who knows? We'll see. But 4 p.m. Pacific, mark your calendars now for next Monday. Uh, June nineteenth. Uh, we're super excited about it. Uh, do we do we tell the people who it is, or should they? Should we just give hints? I think we should tell the folks who it is. It's a it's a first time guest, uh, one we've wanted to have on the show for a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, one who does an outstanding job on uh, their own podcasts. Uh, yeah, Joe Rogan will be on the episode. <laughs> it'll be, no, no, yeah, I, not quite. I, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, it's. <laughs> going to be uh chris trevino from uh uscfootball.com will join us next week it'll be super fun uh we'll put together a bunch of content a bunch of new stuff to uh to discuss and uh it'll be a, a grand old time so join me alicia and chris next week at 4 p.m pacific on monday live here on youtube um and always as always it'll be wherever you listen to your podcast so if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, it'll be there uh as well uh but 4 p.m pacific is the live live stream here on YouTube as well. Uh, Alicia, we had a bunch of news to get to, so uh, we'll just get to it, eh? All right, we got to start with the new news to 
builds a new women's soccer and lacrosse stadium for the Trojans, uh, the the women of Troy, to open in 2025. Carol Fultz says it uh, USC's commitment to uh, women in sports is stronger than ever. It's going to be $38 million to build upon McAllister Field. Uh, they got a $10 million donation to do this. Here's an excerpt from USC News. Rollinson Stadium will feature an elite natural grass plain surface with a total capacity of 2,500, including spectator viewing decks and social spaces, a state-of-the-art press box, spectator restrooms, a box office, concession stands, and a formal entry plaza. The stadium is to be named after the family of prominent Los Angeles philanthropist Joseph Rollinson. He was close friends with fellow L.A. philanthropist and home builder Fitz B. Burns, whose namesake charity organization is now run by members of the Rollinson family. Yeah, th- this is this is awesome. Um, USC's uh, USC women's soccer is a, a a program that I think is worth certainly investing in. Um, lacrosse is a, is a sport that I'm is completely foreign to me, but I'm glad that the lacrosse team is being well supported here as hey, well. That's the official uh, sport of of Canada. Come on, and I am not Canadian, um, although I love poutine. So, you know, bring it on, bring it on, bring on all the lacrosse. Uh, but no, it's it's good to see something done with McAllister Field. Um, mm-hmm. I I went to a few uh, soccer games over there while I was a student and I f- felt like it was very not sufficient for what was needed. So um, it's exciting to see them uh, building up. And it's also a sign yeah. of a, a USC continuing to build up infrastructure for sports in the way that they should. Um, we want to see them build up these these programs and and be able to win national titles in every sport that USC mm-hmm. is is involved in um and being able to to use land that was already sort of being used but then upgrading it we've, we've seen that with the track uh, right. facilities we're seeing that with the now soccer facilities we want to continue to see it with baseball facilities which we think will be happening uh, well, the, around the, the weird Olympics the Olympic stuff but, is going to be weird, but yeah, because I, yeah. I think the swim stadium for the Olympics is going to be a temporary stadium built at Dado Field. That's w- what that I right? remember is some some temporary facility is going to be up at Dado Field during the Olympics. And my my feel was always that after the Olympics, they're going to be able to then start fresh and 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 get uh, upgraded facilities for the baseball program as well. So um, sort of more of a long haul, but it is this is what you need to be doing in order to stay competitive in college sports. And that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, This is a good sign. I think it shows SC's willingness to invest in facilities, which is something that we know that Lincoln Riley has called for. Um, I think that is probably something that we're going to see at some point uh, down the line. I think the interesting part is what is the timeline on that stuff going to be with the Olympics coming around and where are they going to be able to put sort put stuff like that? Like this made sense because the the land was there, yeah. Um, and so it made sense to just go all in and give the women's soccer team like they like they've already had a place at McAllister Field, but like this makes it even better because I always you know I I thought it was nice when they played at the Coliseum, like it was you know it's nice to celebrate them with games at the Coliseum, but now they can have their the, their, their big games yeah. in their own space that is like nice purpose and built. perfectly purpose built for them. Yeah, yeah. like it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So yes, uh, purpose built uh, is is the uh, the phrase of the night here as we get to uh, 
Uh, the other big news, the big news that everyone's come to talk about, the uh, unveiling of the future schedules for the USC Trojans. Uh, this includes the Big Ten schedule model for the Trojans getting to the conference in 2024 and 2025. The Big Ten came out with this last week, uh, and they are calling it the Flex Protect Plus schedule model. Yeah. Which we joked in the in the uh, members, only, members only show sounds like a brand of of, of or a, a line of hefty trash bags or Some, something like that. Yes. Something. Uh, but basically, here's the plan. The Big Ten over the course of every two years, every team in the conference or 16 teams in the conference, uh, they have a nine game football schedule. Right. Uh, you will feature th your three of your games will be against a set number of home ho home and homes over that two year stretch. The remaining six games will cycle between the next 12 teams. So you'll play eight, the rest of the 12 opponents, either home or away, thus guaranteeing that every big 10 team will play each other at least once every two years. And you will host every big, big 10 team at least once every four years i think just on principle i think th that's exactly what a schedule should be i know in the pac-12 uh, it's been round robin since 2006 everyone has played played against each other ever since the pac-12 went to a nine-game schedule back in the pac-10 days uh in 2006 so sc is kind of like used to playing everybody now there will be skips just like there is in the pac-12 but just like in the pac-12 you will host everybody once every four years at least yeah, and, and I, I really like this schedule, too, because the way that they protected rivals was to only protect the most essential rival. Yes. Um, so USC is protected with U, with UCLA and nobody else. Uh, and so the, the other two, home and home, sort of locked in will, will change as you go. Right. But it's nice that you play everyone every other year. So even though you might have sort of budding rivalries with, with other teams, those are never going to, like, die out because you're mm -hmm. still going to play each other every other year. And, and while it might be disappointing to sort of lose some, some year in year out rivalry sort of experiences for some schools, those matchups don't go away. You just, right. you just skip a year. It's like USC skipping Notre Dame in, in 2020. It just, you know, it happened and, and it, you move on. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoy it. I like it. I like that it's a schedule that prioritizes competitiveness while mm -hmm. also finding a fair sort of level uh, of, of, of balance where it doesn't feel like anyone's schedule is ever going to be terribly unbalanced. Now you can never know because mm -hmm. you just never know when people are going to be good and when people are going to be bad. Right. But the setup feels like it's built towards general uh, balance insofar as you can plan that far. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, the, in terms of the rivalries, it doesn't seem like they're forced because the protected, the protected set of three. Okay. Months ago, we talked about the three, six, six plan, right? Which was every team would have three protected rivals and then you would play uh, six teams. And then you play the next six, the next year, which is essentially the same concept. Except you, without the flex. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there, there's 15 other teams in the conference, right? So you have three protected. You play six one year and the other six the next year. This is essentially the same model 
except the those three games that are locked in are not locked in forever. It's locked in for a two-year stretch only. So this allows teams like Iowa, who have three permanent rivals, to have those three permanent rivals just be there every year. And it allows teams like SC and UCLA, who are new to the Big Ten, to go and not be shoehorned into having a rivalry with Northwestern and Rutgers because... Uh, because that because somebody had to arbitrarily decide that that's who USC was going to be partnered up with and right. who the heck would know why. It also allows like weirdly Penn State to not have a protected rival because yeah. they're in this weird sort of ether where they're like partial. They're like the second or third rival to everybody who has a bigger rival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you're working with some some weird scheduling quirks that uh, you had to sort of find a a way to bridge the gap between teams like Iowa and teams like Penn state. And it feels like they've done that. So bravo to the, to the big 10 for, for finding a solution mm-hmm. uh, to, to what was a complex problem. Yeah. Uh, but that now sets up a really fun looking schedule for USC. Yeah. And like. speaking of complex problems, uh, there could be complex problems. As Dan in the chat points out, true madness would be the tiebreakers for choosing the top two teams in the conference. Yes, that could be a huge issue because the conference will no longer have divisions, which is another reason why they were able to have this sort of schedule. Um, There are no more divisions. It's going to be a free for all. Uh, It's just going to be a, a full 16 team table. And whoever is at the top of the table, the top two teams are going to play in the championship game. So I think the tiebreaker situations will be interesting. I didn't see those. If those are published, I didn't see them. But it's going to be interesting to see how that all breaks out because, as we saw with last year in the Pac-12, like they get crazy sometimes. Yes, they will certainly get crazy. They will certainly be debated, and and we'll have to pour over those eventually. But I do think that when you're moving into an era of the 12-team playoff, I think this is what's best for the health of the conference because now – the conference championship game is no longer a play-in game for any conference at this point. Like even in the Pac-12, you wouldn't see it as a play-in game because theoretically, your second bet, the, the the team that loses that game, isn't going to get left out uh, if they're if they're sort of ranked highly enough going in. So now the conference title game can just be a battle for the conference championship and that trophy and those bragging rights. And um, if that's going to be the case, then yes, just take the, the the two best teams in the conference by whatever measure you determine is going to be the best relative record and, and tiebreakers and all that kind of stuff. Let them play the championship game, get that out of the way, and then go on to the playoff. Like, I think it works out that way. Um, divisions are always tricky because one side is always going to be unbalanced, especially in a conference like the big 10 that was never going to put Michigan and Ohio state in separate divisions. If they yeah. weren't going to be forced to play each other every year. So no, uh, the division, the division well, they, thing they makes they a were lot of sense. In different divisions during the old, yeah. Leaders Le- and legends. Leaders and legends. Yeah. And then, era. yeah. And they had the zipper format. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it works for me and that is a complicated, all scheduling is going to be a complication, right? So, there was always going to be a situation where a tiebreaker was going to have to ter- determine who goes to the Big Ten title game. Yeah. You know, you can't avoid that. 
Yeah, and just like with last season, now there is the chance, um, and this upcoming season, that SC has a chance to play UCLA twice. Um, yeah. That is that is possible. So uh, what does this all mean for USC exactly? Well, so the three protected teams for the next two years, or the first two years of this model, 2024 and 2025, uh, it's the first one, obviously, USC's fully protected rival is UCLA as it should be, obviously. And then the other two are going to be Penn State and Wisconsin, meaning that SC will play the remaining six teams in 2025 and the remaining in uh, 2024 as well. So here is the schedule, putting it up here on the screen over on YouTube. Uh, The Trojans in 2024. uh, In the non-con, of course, we know that SC uh, plays at home against San Jose State uh, and Notre Dame. And they get LSU in a neutral site game in Las Vegas. Uh, But the Big Ten schedule will be at home against Michigan, at home against Iowa, at home against Illinois, and Wisconsin, and road games at Penn State, Maryland, Northwestern, and Purdue, along with uh, the road game, quote-unquote, road game at the Coliseum against UCLA. Well, at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, this is this is a very difficult schedule and um I've I've said this on on Twitter and in other spaces that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Um I think that in the long run USC aspires to be a national title winning program mm-hmm. and to have a national title winning roster and to me this looks like a proving ground more than a more than a, um, you know, you, you couldn't possibly make it through the schedule. No, if you make it through the schedule, then you are competing for a national championship. Yeah. That means when you go to the playoff, you don't go to the playoff with a 1% chance of maybe getting a, 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 a an upset victory in the first, in the semifinals, and then go to the national title game and get your pants blown, blown off by Georgia. Um, if you make it through this schedule, you have proven your worth. You have proven that mm-hmm. you are capable of competing with those teams. Um, so uh, per- personally, I love it. At the same time, this is not an easy schedule to deal with. Um, be- just between the out-of-conference uh, matchups with with LSU and Notre Dame, on top of the new Big Ten matchups, which are difficult on two fronts. Number one, you're dealing with teams like adding a team like Michigan to your schedule, which is Michigan is just a better program than any program that the Pac-12 has to give you in terms of their ceiling. Um, You're adding Wisconsin, who you and I, I think, both think will be a challenging team to face under Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, uh, You're adding... um, No, not Matt Rule. Sorry. Matt Rule, he's (laughs) in Nebraska. As he plays them in 2025. Spoiler alert. So why am I I blanking on uh, on the head coach at Wisconsin? The, the point is Wisconsin's um, always good, right? Yes. Wisconsin's always good. And, um, the, the, the teams that you face like Purdue, Maryland, Northwestern, Northwestern in particular, um, with Pat Fitzgerald, well-coached team, but also an away trip, an additional long away trip teams like Maryland and Purdue. It's, it's your sort of first time you're feeling each other out, mm-hmm. uh, for those road games. Those might not be the most difficult opponents, but it's a new it's a new world for you and and there right. are potential pitfalls there uh so it's you know what west lafayette 
is is actually French for Corvallis. <laughs> so you, 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 I mean, this is uh, this is true. You USC fans know exactly what you mean when you say, "Oh, so, thank you, Robin Murdy." It's Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Yeah, I think Luke yeah. Fickle's doing to do a really good job at Wisconsin, um, and uh, and Matt Rule at, at Nebraska. The 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 coaching changes that have happened in in the Big Ten have all all feel like good hires. That doesn't mean that they're all going to be good hires for the record. Half of these guys could, could end up failing, but yeah. you feel like those programs are, are at least trying to be ambitious, which is always a sign that a team might be ultimately difficult when you face them. Um, but yeah, this it's, it's the, those road trips to like a place like Purdue. Purdue has a reputation now. They're yeah. giant killers. Yeah. They don't expect to win necessarily, but they know they have a chance to knock you off and they take pride in sure. knowing that they can do that to you. So yeah, it feels like it's uh defending uh Pac-12. I mean, sorry, big 10 West champs, Purdue, by the yeah, way. Purdue. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think the interesting thing about the 2024 schedule is that while the Trojans do get Michigan and Wisconsin and Purdue, um, sorry, and Penn state um, and Purdue. Um, and those are, and, and Iowa, I was Always a tough beat. Yeah. Um, SC knows that firsthand back in 2019. I think that if you were given all of these opponents, LSU, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Penn State, everybody on here, and you were told, okay, make this the most favorable possible, and you have to have one neutral site game, five road, uh, five road games, and six home games. Isn't this the, exactly the layout that you make? I like, with the exception of you might swap um, Penn State for Michigan, maybe, and play Michigan on the road and Penn State at home instead, just because Penn State is a, a louder environment than the Big House. But like, that's that's splitting hairs. This, like, as difficult of a schedule this, as this will be in 2024, at the same time, you don't have to go to death Valley. You only get one of the, the scary big um, blue blood adjacent programs in the big 10 on the road in Penn state. One of your road games is against UCLA. So you really only have four road game, four big 10 road games away from home. And three of those are against the bottom tier of the big 10. And, Maryland, Northwestern, and Purdue. Northwestern is going to be the interesting one because we were talking about it off offline. Alicia, I haven't seen anyone else mention this, although I haven't been on Twitter much. Um, nobody knows what's going on with Northwestern. North in the sense of where they're playing next year. They are going to start the renovations at Kyle Field in 2024. They are currently sort of homeless for 2024. Um, with At least the, as far as we can tell. If, if yes. anyone's seen an update on that. Yes, correct us if correct we're wrong us, here. But you, I, know how to, the, you know how to email us, randomtroyfans.com. Yeah. Um, but there's a chance that they could play at Wrigley Field. Like a very good chance. They're going to play a game at Wrigley later on this year, sort of as a test case. I, I have my doubts if Wrigley could work. Like you got to be able to convert Wrigley on like a, a two day, like with 
you have to do it the, in like a couple of days, considering that in September the Cubs will be playing home games. Surely not in October because yeah. the franchise is a disaster, but that's a whole <laughs> side plot. Yeah, but the Cubs would like to think that they need their stadium in, uh, in October. Yes. Their ballpark in October. Yes, but if that game is at Wrigley, oh my God, can you imagine that? Uh, that is the the pinnacle of shut up and take my money yes. road trips for 2024. That's a lot of conversations we've been having. I'm sure everyone's been having these conversations of like, where do you where which road trips do you want to do? Like, you got to go, you got to go on a Big Ten road trip now. Uh, if if Northwestern is playing their home games at Wrigley Field in 2024. Oh my God. Yes, I want in. There is nothing that could stop us from going. No, like we, we've talked about it. Like Penn State is the one that we want to go to next How year. wild would it, it would be kind of funny? But though, if it's but, Wrigley, it's Northwestern. Yeah. Uh, it would be pretty funny if if my first trip to, to Wrigley Field was for a football game. That's depressing when we play, <laughs> think about it. I, yeah. I, I, we, we need to change that. Come on. Yeah. We Although did. the again the franchise this is a dumpster fire, I'm not sure that you want to, you know, enjoy that. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's go to 2025. Uh, Alicia, you might notice something interesting at the beginning here, but we'll <laughs> we'll save that for a, a couple minutes. Uh, the 2025 schedule, of course, uh, sort of the inverse of those three protectants. So SC gets UCLA at home instead of on the road. SC gets Penn State at home instead of on the road and then has to go and play at Wisconsin instead of hosting Wisconsin in 2025. Uh, and then the six other teams that SC gets uh, three home games uh, in the big 10 against Michigan States, Nebraska, and Indiana. And the three road games are Ohio state, Minnesota and Rutgers. And once again, I think the conference is sort of like worked out in SC's favor in the sense that, Yes, it is scary that SC has to has the schedule where they they have three road three road games against Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame. That is terrifying in general. Those are three like top ten places in the country you never really want to play. The Notre Dame game is completely SC's own choice for having a rivalry with Notre Dame, but it's not like SC has to play at Penn state and at Ohio state in the same season. They don't have to play at Michigan and at Ohio state in the same season. They get Ohio state the same time they have to play at Rutgers. So this sort of like really balances out kind of nicely um, that SC gets Ohio state on the road in 2025, Michigan at home in 2024. Yeah. This, this road, this road, uh, schedule is is definitely more challenging um, in 2025. But at, on the flip side, like you said, like the home schedule is 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 less. Uh, I mean, is 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 sort of just eased up a little bit, depending on what you know what Nebraska and Michigan State look like in the end. Like mm-hmm. a lot, again, when we're talking about 2025, now this is year two of Matt Rule, by the way. No, you're three, three of Matt you're th- Yeah, and this is as like, is Mel Tucker even the head coach at Michigan State? Is James Franklin the head coach at Penn State? Um, we're going to have a conversation about who the head coaches of USC's other um, uh, out-of-conference games, uh, home games that season are. It gets harder and harder to sort of project, like, how difficult will it be to play any of these teams? Uh, Alicia? Yes? I, I hate to stop you. I, I, <laughs> I have looked up Matt Rule. 
Um, Matt Rule, year three at mm-hmm. Temple. He inherited he he inherited a team that was very bad, right? Yes. Um, year three at Temple, ten and four, seven and one in conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Year three so at if, Baylor, eleven and three, eight and one in conference. If Matt Rule is uh, so, if Matt Rule does the Matt Rule things, does the Matt Rule things? Twenty twenty five Nebraska will be good. Yes. Um. Well, that's again why we're we're gonna have to find out, and that's the difficulty of looking at the twenty twenty five schedule as like a reality at this point. Yeah. Um, but I would agree with you. It, again, it feels a little bit balanced. Um, you're going to have to play somebody of Ohio state or Michigan on the road. Eventually, <laughs> like, like you're going to have to go to the big house. Eventually you're going to have to, to go to Nebraska. Eventually you're going to have to go to, to all of these teams um, within the first four years. So like, it's all just about where the, the matchups come and UCLA ended up in a, in a position where they're going to play, um, Michigan and Ohio state in 2024. And, uh, they're going to have to go to the horse, to the horseshoe in 2024 and host Michigan. I think it's that way. Um, uh, yeah, they also have to play Georgia one of those years too. Which well, yeah, yeah. Really like, fun. like UCLA schedule is, it's difficult, but also playing, uh, Ohio state and Michigan in the same year. I'm pretty sure that means UCLA will get a year where they don't play either of them. Um, I'm pretty sure neither of them are, are one of their protected rivals. So like, yeah, in, in 2025, uh, UCLA doesn't play Michigan or Ohio state. So like they, in, they host Georgia yeah, and they play at Penn state at Nebraska at Michigan state. Yeah. Well, okay. So then that is potentially a really, really fun schedule for you at UCLA. But like, again, on paper, like on paper, if you say there's a year when you're not playing Michigan or Ohio state, you've then taken an advantage in that year as opposed to the year before when you had to play both so like yeah. again these oh they also are, have to play at usc i don't know yeah, if you, you yeah. knew that one yeah i mean yeah. shocker um but but yeah I, I i think um i think either way you're gonna have the, your pluses and minuses in a schedule and uh, you just have to play the teams that are in front of you and it's just gonna be exciting from the fan perspective to get to play new teams to get to travel to new places to get to welcome new fan bases um to the coliseum as well so yeah uh we we will see uh what happens in in 2024 and 2025 the interesting thing is i i think in terms of what this means for usc 2024 the first year without caleb williams we assume he's gonna go pro um he would be crazy not to at this point uh obvious number one pick in the 2024 um nfl drafts but SD also has a bunch of other juniors um, who are probably set to potentially go after this season. Your Mario Williams is uh, your, your Kalen Bullocks. Um, there's a bunch of guys who, who could end up going and SC could have a mass exodus after the 2023. If the, if the season goes well, obviously, uh, which means SC goes into the big 10, those first two seasons sort of rebuilding per se. But I would argue that there is no more rebuilding because look at a look at what Lincoln Riley did at, at at Oklahoma when he was at the peak of his powers. There was no rebuilding; it was just reloading every single year. Mm-hmm. Secondly, given what the transfer portal is, and given how he was able to take SC and give them an eleven and one regular season last year, after a year in which SC was god awful and had a roster that had no business winning 11 games. 
and then turning them into a, a program that could win 11 games with the talent that he went out and got in the transfer portal? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be necessarily a letdown. And if and if Lincoln Riley is the coach that SC fans want him to be and think that he is, then he can instantly reload for 24 and 25. Um, and that's what Pete Carroll did too. And that's what Georgia's done. That's what Alabama's done. When you are at the highest of levels, there are no years in which you take off. Like even look at, at Kyle Whittingham at Utah. Like he's reached the, the, the point to where there are no step back years too, right? Like that's what elite coaches do. They, they, they prevent the step back year, the, the yes. reload year, the, the, the rebuilding year. Well, and that's, you know, we saw that with Pete Carroll and, and you've seen that with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart is building a program for, to be built like that. Right. Um, you might have a year where you have some growing pains because you have a, you might a have a year where you're maybe not as infallible. Yeah. And, but you but also have a 12 game playoff now. Yeah. So playoffs. So, Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? So long yeah. as you're getting better throughout the season and, and, that's what Pete Carroll did so well is he peaked at the end of the season every year and, yeah. and made sure that USC was competitive. You you have to be able to do that. Um, but like, again, I guess this just goes back to like, this is why you hire someone like Lincoln Riley with yeah. a proven track record of success. And, you know, I think Lincoln Riley is, I was just on the Quack 12 uh, podcast previewing um, USC's roster and had a long conversation with Hithliday over there about um, Lincoln Riley and how he's still a very young coach. Young yeah. in in terms of age and also in terms of of experience as as being a head coach or or a coach at all, and he still has a lot of stuff to learn. But like that's why it's so exciting to get on the ground, not on the ground floor with Lincoln Riley, because obviously he was already an elite coach. But like USC theoretically, like you hire Lincoln Riley, you pay him the money you're paying him, you give him the keys to the car because you presume he's in it for the long haul. Right. And the only thing that sort of steps in that way is, is the call of the NFL. But like for right now, it doesn't feel like that's something that he values. Cause if he did, I think he'd already have a job in the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. So you get to sort of go for the long haul. Like you hire Lincoln Riley for the next 10 years. Right. And the whole point is for him to, to have a program that's competitive year in and year out, regardless of what schedule looks like, regardless of what, um, of, of, of who you lose to the NFL. And, right. and if any coach was equipped to find a new quarterback, like Lincoln Riley has proven that he's that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. Every time he lost a quarterback, he replaced him with a very, very good well, quarterback. That, that's the thing you, you can look at this right now and sit here and say, well, 2024, that's going to be the year that Malachi Nelson's going to be the quarterback. I, th this only is only if he's good enough. Yeah. Only if he's good enough. And, and that's not like, doubting that he will be that's more so looking back at Lincoln Riley's track record he replaced um Baker Mayfield who was you know statistically arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game mm -hmm. um with uh Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray who he got out as a transfer the year mind you he got him the year before but he replaced Kyler Murray after one season with Jalen Hurts who was a transfer who came in grad transfer didn't mm -hmm. have to sit out a year from, from Alabama. So, and he, and, he and brings he, in Caleb Williams. Well, he, at USC, he, repla like, he replaces Jalen hurts with Spencer Radler. And then he, and then he boldly replaces Spencer Radler with Caleb Williams. Right. 
before the NFL takes takes Spencer Rattler away. Rattler is really the only outlier because he yeah, was the one that that he recruited straight out of high school. And, and the thing sat a year and all that stuff. And the thing about Rattler is, like, it's not like he was a bad quarterback. He just wasn't like as ridiculously good as the other ones that came before or the one right. that replaced him. Like, like that's that's the thing. Lincoln Riley knows good quarterback play, yes. and he knows what a good quarterback looks like, right. and he's willing to, to he will find one in the transfer portal and recruiting rather got replaced by a guy who won the Heisman. Yes. Yes. So, you know, uh, if there's one thing you can have faith in, it's that Lincoln Riley will figure out a way to replace Caleb Williams. Will the next quarterback at USC be as good as Caleb Williams? I'll be honest with you. Probably not. Caleb Williams looks like an absolute generational quarterback that, (laughs) that is like capable of doing anything, but you never know. Like, but, I, the the one thing I I know maybe maybe the, the maybe SC will never have a quarterback as good as Caleb Williams, but I think that that might not matter if they produce as much as he does. Yeah, and you look back at the those those Oklahoma quarterbacks. Was Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma as good as Baker Mayfield? No. Did he produce as much as Baker May- Mayfield did? Yes. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. And all of those guys were essentially elite because of their production. And Murray won the Heisman. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. So, um, yeah, I think if if you do that, if you produce, and we talked about Caleb Williams' numbers last year, as good as they were, especially with the metrics, when you talk about, like, what he did outside of the pocket, what he did on third down, what he did with, uh, with guys in his face against the rush and all that stuff, he was top five in just about every category, top – you know, number one, pretty much most of those things, the traditional numbers weren't completely unbeatable. Mm-hmm. He can go out there this year and, and throw for more touchdowns and throw for more yards, certainly have a better passer rating, like better, he, better th- completion. Yeah. Those numbers sure. weren't necessarily revolutionary. Um, and so that's why I think the SE, at least production wise, can absolutely match that going forward. Um, let's talk about the other news that came out from last week about schedules. Uh, SC has added some G5 opponents to future schedules. Uh, this includes Nevada in the 2027 schedule. Uh, they will play on September 11th, the Coliseum, the Trojans, 5-0 and all time, never lost to Nevada. Uh, the Wolfpack uh, have been beaten pretty badly by SC, but all of those games came in the 20s, the 1920s. Um, and the Trojans have not played Nevada since their 66 to nothing win at the Coliseum in 1929. That's pretty wild, by the way. Like, I would have thought that USC and Nevada would have gotten together for an out-of-conference right. game well, SC does point. not like to play teams who are further west than them. <laughs> and as we know, yeah. Reno, Nevada is further west than Los Angeles. You don't believe it? Look it up on a map. I My brain yeah. doesn't accept that. Uh, let's talk about the other game, though. Uh, USC has added Georgia Southern. Yes, Georgia Southern, the Golden Eagles, to 2025 schedule, September 6th, 2025, two years from now. Be the first ever meeting between the Trojans and Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, yes, the team coached by Clay Helton. This means USC's 2025 schedule, as it stands right now, will be against... Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss and Clay Helton's Georgia Southern weeks one and two at the Coliseum back to back. 
You could not write this stuff. You really could not write this stuff. It is outstanding, just um, schedule drama potential. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ole Miss, who would have thunk that Ole Miss and Georgia Southern would have such such dramatic ties to to USC? Um, I I love it. I, I think... I think doing a solid to Georgia Southern um, with Clay Hilton as their head coach by scheduling this meeting, um, which is sure to give a certain amount of kickback to Georgia Southern is, is ultimately a good thing. Um, I personally think it will be nice to, to see Clay Hilton come back to the Coliseum. Um, I do not trust the USC fan base to handle this maturely (laughs) well so i look at this three ways one it's hilarious it's utterly hilarious that sc is going to go out and play uh lane kiffin and clay helton back to back Uh, especially clay helton in this way is hilarious um it's i'm also completely over it because the it's going to be such a talking point and it shouldn't be um, but at the same time, if you watched our members only pod, I said I was saving my Clay Helton take for this. Here you go. Clay Helton's not going to be the coach of, Go- of Georgia Southern in 2025. And there's one simple reason. Because why would he be? Clay Helton is one of two people. He's either the terrible coach that everyone thinks that he is, or a lot of people think that he is. And he won't last there until that, that long. Or he is a coach who was not good enough for USC, but he's good enough to be somewhere. And that somewhere is probably better than Georgia Southern. And if that's the case, then he will have a different job in 2025. I like, I don't see any way that he's still there because if he has another winning season, like he did this past season, where he shows any sort of glimpse of promise, somebody is going to hire him. Somebody at a school better than Georgia Southern will hire him because while he won a Rose Bowl at SC, he won a Pac-12 championship. Like they'll start to look at those things and then we'll look at what he did at Georgia Southern. And then he won't be at Georgia Southern anymore. And he'll be at, what's a school that's better than Georgia Southern, but is in Alabama. I don't know. South Carolina. I like, you know what I mean? Like he'll be at Ole Miss. Uh, he'll be at uh, UCF. I don't know. Something no. somewhere. Um, or he just won't work out because everyone said that it was a weird fit for him to go there, which it was. Um, and to his credit, it wasn't a bad fit in year one, given how everything worked out, even though it looked like a bad fit on the surface, given that Clay Helton is a, you know, West Coast um, offense guy, not from the West Coast, but a West Coast offense guy, kind of, sort of, kind of, um, you know, wants to throw the football around versus Georgia Southern traditionally being a triple option offense. So, yeah, either it's not going to pan out or he's going to be somewhere else. He's not going to be there. And I think you can kind of say the same thing with Lane Kiffin. Um, but I feel less about that with Lane Kiffin because – the jobs that I think that Lane Kiffin would have left for have kind of already opened already. Like I could have seen Lane Kiffin going to Auburn and he didn't could have seen Lane Kiffin going to LSU and he didn't 
the only other one that I can see him leaving Ole Miss for starts and ends with an A. And that would and be that timeline is who wild. knows when that one's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Who um, knows when he's going to Arizona? Yeah. I, I, here's where I stand. I think it is more likely for Clay Helton to be the head coach at Georgia Southern than Lane Kiffin to be the head coach at Ole Miss in 2025. Um, Number one, because uh, because uh, Kiffin has already been at Ole Miss for a few years now, so yeah. like the clock, the clock on whether or not he would leave or get fired or or whatever happens is already sort of ticking a little bit further ahead than than where Helton is. Um, I I disagree with the idea that Clay Helton will definitely either have been fired or gotten a new gig. Um, because I think that when it comes down to it, like Clay Helton is very medium. And I think the, the, the prospect of, of mediumness at Georgia Southern. Now I was just looking at their, their sort of history and they do have a, a, a They're, richer history. They of have like a much richer seasons. history than anyone thinks that they yeah, do they, because they were in lower levels and like dominant, they were like a dominant program. Yes. But like, that's what I wonder since the move up from um does that change their expectations that's bit, well maybe? so they they moved up in in 20, 2015 right yeah they're a lot like appalachian state in that sense and they've had one 10 win season since then so like i don't know that clay hilton needs to be racking up 10 win seasons at georgia southern in order to keep his job if he started racking up 10 win seasons at georgia southern i agree he would get a job at a at a a, a more prestigious university i think potentially but at the same time, like I said, Clay Hilton's very medium. I think he's probably in his future is probably a couple of eight and five seasons coming up. And, you know, he just has to sort of survive to 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 the point of getting to, to 2025. Yeah, I, I would say and eight and five at Georgia Southern could still get you promoted. I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. The it, Things are weird, but... Uh, you don't think I just, Houston would like look at him and be like, I oh, will take him. I mean, it's it's certainly possible, but also I I don't I just my perception of Clay Hilton is 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 also just different from from what any of those programs would be hiring him. So, sure. I, yeah, I I get I'm it. I'm just like, saying if you're if you're a booster at Houston, you don't mind the idea. You could be persuade, persuaded by, well, he did. He, I mean, he did win a I mean, he he, look he, at the, he look won at, a Pac-12. He won a Rose Bowl. Look at this, he's, Jimbo. He's, it looks like he did win a Rose Bowl, and uh, he won a one of those uh, Pac-10s. He has a, a yeah. He, you could be convinced. He had a a, a record of forty-six and twenty-four at USC. Like that's not bad. What West <laughs> Texas Mike says. Do you read what the president of Houston said about the Kurds? I'm just throwing Houston out there. <laughs> Let's say Memphis. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere that is yeah. slightly ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with the general, with the general sense that like, there is a very good chance we get to 2025 and those matchups are not as juicy as we, as they look today. Sure. Um, that is very, they're very possible. I also, I could like, Clay Hilton survived year after okay. year at UNC. Anyways. Like, I don't, I don't know. All right. Well, we're 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 getting there is a buzzer going off yeah. over here in the studio that we've we've said we, we've said the name a little bit too much. I mean, we've been told yeah. before that you can't say the name on the pod anymore. It's like Voldemort. Shoot, I mean that 
person we can't say. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to the mailbag, let's get to uh, Mount Rotmore. We're going to ro- just roll with that name until someone's got a better name. Mount Rotmore. That's what we're doing. Last week, we unveiled Mount Rotmore, uh, which is the Mount Rushmore of USC things, but uh, Mount Rotmore. Um, Alicia, we're going to do this one quick before we get to the mailbag. What's your dream, your four dream Big Ten road trips? Your Mount Rotmore <sighs> Big Ten road dream trips I think, things, my bobs. I think three of these four are not debatable. And I and I, okay. and I think this is probably true. It's the Horseshoe, Ohio State. It's the Big House, Michigan. And it's Happy Valley going to Penn State. Like, I think that you can't not have those on your, on your, on your Mount Rotmore. Um, in terms of like dream big 10 road trips, mm-hmm. my fourth is the fourth is very difficult. I ultimately went with Nebraska simply because Nebraska fans have a reputation for being absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska fans will tell you that. Yes. <laughs> the Nebraska fans who came out to USC, uh, when they had the road trip in 20, 2006, 2006. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard nothing but great things about what a treat it was to have Nebraska present. And I think just think it would be fun to go to Lincoln and sort yeah. of be in and around Nebraska program. Yeah. Um, I think Nebraska is on that list, but I would put Iowa above Nebraska. And well, I know a lot of people would say Iowa just to do the Kinnick wave, which I think is, absolutely, wave a is good awesome. reason, good, absolutely a good reason to want that, that road trip. Yes. Um, I also think that Iowa's always like teams go to die in Iowa and, um, Plus, you can go I to don't the want to field. Go to, of, I don't want to go to Dino. <laughs> no, but like I think it's got, it's got mystique now that Lincoln used to, and Lincoln yeah. hasn't had that mystique in twenty years. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, so so my dream Big Ten road trips. Uh, yes, I got the big three that you said: Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Absolutely, and I'm going to throw Wisconsin in there. Wisconsin, so we can get our uh, cheese curds. Has, have yeah. some some beer cheese yeah i all am those definitely on board jump around the food yeah situation that anything but an 11 a.m kickoff god anything but that that's that's what i want to avoid so all right uh let's go to uh the old meal bag shall we? save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've got mail. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Fighting on MC. Says, what are the chances that Caleb gets Heisman number two in 2023? Uh, if I had to put a percent on it, I'll say 10%. And that is not because Caleb Williams uh, isn't going to be fantastic in 2023. Just that in order to repeat as a Heisman winner, you need to do, you have to overcome the expectations of the offseason. Um, literally be perfect from day one to the end of the season because you are judged more harshly. And also people just like voting for new things. Like there's always going to be somebody else who's just sort of a newer, uh, newer figure that, uh, that people turn to and, and that they aren't going to be as dissecting every little thing that they do because they might not see them coming. 
Um, so yeah, I just think it's low. There's a reason people don't win two Heismans in a row most years. And there's a reason it hasn't happened since, uh, Archie, uh, Archie, um, Griffin, Griffin yeah. back in a very different era of voting. Yeah. I, I will say that it, it's going to be extremely difficult because he's competing against himself. Here's where I think the odds are higher. And I think that he has a good chance Probably as good as anyone has ever had a chance to win two. I don't think that like, we're talking about production. I think there is a lot more production that Caleb Williams can have this upcoming season. Yes. Um, when you look at the sheer numbers, yes, 42 touchdowns, five picks looks the, very good. And the, that's incredible. But the you look picks at picks is the issue because yes, the I think very he's gonna throw good more chance picks. he's going to throw more picks. Yes. But I think he could throw more touchdowns. I think he could throw for more yards. You look at the passer rating last year is at 168.5. Yeah, way better than that. That broke SC's record by like percentage points, which tells you like he's got a lot of ways to go um, in terms of like his production could be better. And you look at 2018, Kyler Murray uh, under Lincoln Riley, his, his passer rating was 199.2. Yeah. 199.2. Um, and so, yes, I think there absolutely we could see more of that. We could see more or less of him running if he runs more than those. He could, yeah, he could have more running stats and, and that could help him because I think that he didn't run as much in the beginning part of the season as he did towards the end. But also if he runs less to save his legs, he's going to throw more. And then when we talk about competing against yourself, what does that mean? Comparing his numbers this year to last year. And I think he can better all those numbers that he had from last year, which will make it look better. He just will probably end up throwing more picks because throwing only five is like that. That's crazy. If he yeah. does that again, it'll be insane. Um, let's get to the next question from Aaron Murdy. Was the Georgia Southern schedule game scheduled before Clay Helton got the job there or after um, after it just got released last week and Clay Helton's been there for what a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's been something that's been there. Um, Cameron from Frisco, Texas says, who do you have winning the Nuggets or the Heat? Is Michael optimistic or pessimistic of the Panthers coming back to beat Vegas in hockey? Go Knights, go. Um, really pessimistic. This looks like absolutely is Vegas's time, especially with the long layoff of the Panthers. I, I think this is going to be Vegas's time. Also, as much as I might not want the Knights to win, everybody's saying that this is they are winning this too early. You are insane. Remember the Marlins won in their fourth season uh, in 97. The D backs won in their fourth season in 2001. This is like Vegas is what sixth season or something like that. They're fine. This is not too early to win as an expansion team. So, Hey, the, the blues, the St. Louis blues went to the Stanley cup finals, their first three seasons ever. And um, the, the, the Knights didn't do that. Albeit there weren't, 12 teams in the league at that point. But yeah. Who do, who do you have for Nuggets and Heat, Alicia? Uh, I got Nuggets closing out tonight. Um, both playing tonight, which I, is weird, right? Yeah, it's a little weird. Um, they both could end tonight, which seems They both really can weird. end tonight, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I am aware of that and not excited. Um, I would appreciate it if at least one of them held off, yeah. uh, just for my own sanity as somebody who is uh, working. Um Yes, I, I think the Nuggets are going to close it out. I, I, I think the Heat have shown a ton of resilience, and I think there's 
I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of them winning game five in Denver, but um, at the same time, the Nuggets are just a better team. And in every game from here on out, if you ask me, who do I have? I'm just going to say the Nuggets because they're just the better team and that much is, is clear. So yeah, it'll be the Nuggets. Just if not today, then game six. Yeah. Last question. says how long till SC starts having a great presence at these uh, big 10 conference games? Cause they will be filling up half the collie. I think we, we we've talked about this before. The biggest win, the biggest winner of all of the, the SC going to the big 10 is the USC alumni group of Chicago. Just now they get, which is they're strong they're very strong. Yes. They've never been an Notre Dame game. Yeah. There's a bunch of activities that happen all week and they put it together. The, the Navy pier um, pep rally, all that stuff. They're going to have so many of those things to do more. Um, I do think it's easier to do it when you do once every two years and now have to do three or four a year it might be difficult. Um, but yes, I think there's going to be a lot of um, SC fans traveling, just maybe not in the crazy numbers that the big 10 schools will be because they're only coming to California once a year. The schedule is the way it's worked out. Every team comes to play SC or UCLA every other year. They don't play both on the road, at least at least in the first two years. So that could change later on, but as it stands now, I think more fans will come than will SC will go because just your numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I also think, um, I think USC fans travel pretty well when it's a big game. Like, I don't know. The Texas game was huge. I don't know that, I don't know that USC fans are going to travel to Rutgers or Maryland, like, but at the same time, like I think for the big games, USC fans will absolutely travel. Just like you said, the Texas game was huge. I think we'll see USC fans travel to Vegas for for mm-hmm. uh, the LSU game. Like we know that USC fans are willing to travel if you give them a reason to travel. Yeah. Um. And even like I said, like even Rutgers and Maryland, like it's not like you can't make a trip of those trips. So yeah. Uh, I, I when SC I played Virginia in two thousand eight, there was a bunch of people there. Yeah. yeah. So I I think um don't underestimate that uh, that from the USC perspective because it, it's different when you're talking about like going to a Pac-12 team that you've played, you know, for decades and you've been there a million times and you're sort of used to it. The The novelty of it will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up there. If if you're joining us here in the chat, we we love you guys. It's always great to, to talk in the chat. Be sure to like the stream. It helps grow the channel uh, and subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Tell your friends where you can find us. You know where to find us. You know, Tell your friends where to find us. Also, join the Rot Squad and our membership on YouTube. For a month, you get bonus content, including our live reaction show to the Big Ten schedule that we put out last week, which you can go watch that, plus the other bonus episodes that have already been put out. And as always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Use the code REIGNOFTROY uh, to uh, to do everything you want to do there. And uh, the details are in the description. And it was, what, bet five bucks, get... 20 bucks of uh, bonus bets. There you uh, go. If you wager $5 on any sport, you get $200 in bonus bets. Yeah. That's a deal. There you yeah. go. Uh, so, all right. We will see you guys next week, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll be live here on YouTube. Me, Alicia, and Chris Trevino from uscfootball.com. So, uh, we'll see you then. Uh, it should be a good show. And uh, tell your friends. We'll see you next time. See you. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.